Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories from travelers around the world. How's it going, guys? You can hit me up on email at Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. On Twitter at Travel Stories UK. How are you guys doing? It is a rainy Sunday here in England. It looks like the Smith sounds, you know what I mean? Every day is like Sunday. Ah, well. Anyway, today we have on Deepak Shukla. Now, Deepak is the host of Life, Love and Entrepreneurship, which is a, uh, I was going to say fantastic then, but I, I'm saying that too much. Fantastic, awesome, and I love it. They're my three things. So if you hear me saying them, excluding this episode because it's already recorded, let me know and tell me, dude, We don't want to hear those words anymore. Find some new words. So Deepak is the host of Life, Love and Entrepreneurship. And I actually went on his show and uh, talked about myself, one of my favorite things to do. And, and then we kind of turned into great friends since then. He's from London and he's just an awesome. I was going to say it again. He's just a great guy. We'll go with great. He's a great guy. And I think you'll really dig his story. He, um, He's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's a crazy dude. So let's dive into it. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Deepak Shukla. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, Hayden. I'm good. I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, man. I'm, well, you know me, man. I'm always good. <laughs> always good. Whereabouts are you, dude? I am in um, a place called Uxbridge, which is the edge of West London, England. Uh, I'm guessing you can tell by my accent um yeah that's where i am right now oh nice what are you up to there man i uh, my uncle in fact has an office based uh, not far from where i am so um i have not seen my uncle in uh, a little while i say a little while it's been like a month or so so i just came in to say hello and to maybe do some work whilst i was here so that's why i'm here that's awesome and record a podcast obviously Absolutely, dude. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I was like, I'm talking to Hayden later. Awesome. So yeah, dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> now you've, um, you've done a lot of stuff in your life. That's fair to say, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit rubbish sometimes at self-promotion, I presume. But no, I, I've, done, I've done a lot of different things. You're, you're quite right, Hayden. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, of fitness-based things as well, right? You've done, what is it, Iron Man's and stuff like that? Oh, do you say Iron Man's or Iron Men? <laughs> Iron Men. You've done Iron Men. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? That's actually a, a debate that I still have yet to resolve in my own head. I've yet to ask a fellow iron person or man or woman or whatever. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I recently just completed my, um, my 20th marathon, actually. It was in Madrid. It was my first time running with, um, 20 kilograms on, on, no, sorry, 10 kilograms on my back. It was my 20th marathon. And what was interesting was, um, obviously in line with the things we're going to be talking about today is every marathon has been in a different city. And I've run in around like, more than 13, 14 different countries. That was always the rule when I ran. So it made it logistically a bit more interesting. So yeah, lots of sports, dude. That's absolutely mental, man. So you've been all around around the world, right? 
Um, oh, you know what? I was looking through um, some of the people that have been onto your show, and there's one chap I think has been to a hundred plus countries. I think it was quite recently. Mm, in fact, yeah, actually. Shane Dallas. Oh, that was yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, I was listening into bits of that, and I was like, oh my god. So um, compared to kind of average Joe, perhaps yes. I've d- I've done around 50 50 ish countries. It's between forty nine and fifty two or something. I think I miscounted twice and then I gave up I was like I can't bother with the third time so yeah I've, I've, I've done around 50, 50 countries backpacked and I've, I've lived in eight or nine different countries depending upon your criteria for living <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know what you mean yeah because it's like it, I think living in countries is different uh, it's very different to just visiting countries you know you kind of you get a feel for their culture on a much a much deeper level you know what yep. I mean like how they live day to day, what they do. And you really feel like you're part of that country in a way, rather than just visiting and taking pictures and going, that was cool. Exactly, dude. I I completely agree. I completely agree. So in in line with that, my my qualification criteria is irrespective of length is have you rented an apartment from a local landlord and have you not gone out to just do the actual um, sites and are you meeting locals? And that's kind of my criteria for, okay, you live there. You didn't just come in Airbnb or hostel or couch surf, go see, you know, Big Ben or Ayers Rock or the Eiffel Tower or whatever it might be yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then leave. So I agree with you, dude. I think that's fair criteria, man. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, like I say, it is very different to, uh, to just visiting. So you've lived in how many countries did you say? Um, I think it was nine. It'd be, I could probably try and quickly read it off. I was in Amsterdam, so Amsterdam, Malta, Turin, uh, London, obviously, uh, Georgia, um, uh, Georgia next to Russia, Georgia, uh, Rio, Lisbon, um, Malaga, Lausanne in Switzerland. Um, I think, I don't know quite how many that is now, but they're, they're the countries, yeah, they're, they're, they're all the places I think I've been to and kind of set up and got an apartment and stuff whilst I've been there. Nice. How was living in Rio, man? You know what, dude? Living in Rio for me was not the kind of, uh, I'm taking a Spanish phrase now, the la vida loca that people expect it to be. I was, I, I take great pride in meeting people along my way and they're like, whoa, dude, you lived in Rio. How was that? And I'm like, dude, it was terrible. I don't want to live in Rio again. And they're like, what? Why? What about Copacabana? What about the models you see on, on, you know, on, on all these TV shows? What about the beaches? What about, you know, all of this stuff? And I'm like, dude, the, 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 the models is all propaganda. They're definitely not in, in Rio. I was like, when you live as a local, because I was out there fighting, um, I was out there, I had my first uh, Thai kickboxing fight there. So I went out there to learn Muay Thai. So I was, I was living with kind of local, local fighters and stuff. And it's, dude, when you, when you live there with these, with these guys, it's such a different life to the one that you see. Um, so that was how it was, but I, I did enjoy it <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think that's important to address because like we go and we're tourists and travelers in these places and we're living what they're kind of giving us as tourists. Even if we're travelers as opposed to tourists, we're still like accepting what they're giving us, what they're giving tourists. But when you're living there, it's it's an entirely different state of affairs. You know what I mean? It's um, you're in there with the, the nitty gritty and you're kind of the the day to day life of where it is and somewhere like Rio when you're when you're visiting there especially if you've got money it's possibly one of the best places in the world but when you're living there 
a lot of the people there don't have money and a lot of the people there don't do all of the things that people go to do. And it's an entirely different place, even though it's the same geographically, it's an entirely different place. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I think you hit the nail on the head, head buddy, completely. You know, it's like, you know, go, go, go to, you know, go to, go to, go to Harlem rather than going to Manhattan or go to, go to Peckham, London, instead of going to Notting Hill. And you get like completely different experiences. So it's, it's, it's always interesting. People like what's, what's, you know, what's London, for example, everyone flocks here from kind of Europe to see, to, to see the Queen and Big Ben, etc. But for me, London, for example, I was like, you want to know what London is? Go live in zone four in a suburb, commute to work every day, have tenements all around you and go shop at Tesco's and complain that you can't afford to go to Waitrose and you'll get more of a sense of perhaps what you know typifies London for a lot of people How, however that being said the weather was amazing in Rio <laughs> oh of course of course yeah but you, you've pretty much summed up London and England there as well um, I wish I could shop at Waitrose come on uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah when I was in uh, when I was in New York like yep. I went I went to New York but I didn't want to didn't want to stay in New York because I'm like you in that way like I don't want to see what people are giving me to see you know i want to see the actual place so i i stayed in um where was i union city in new jersey wow which is just over the just under the bridge over the bridge whichever way you go um and it's it's like it's like the cuban place of uh of new of jersey and man it was i really loved it man because every no one there was a was a tourist or a traveler and you know everyone was cuban and it was real man like the shops were real the people were living their real lives nothing was plastic plastic is this word i used for something that's just yeah. there to show you and it's not the real place man union city man you got to go there it's awesome oh wow dudes union city um, i've got my notepad and pen it was for different purposes but i've just written down union city <laughs> give, get new jersey new jersey you said right Did- yeah yeah it's like very very close to new york city dude i'll be googling it after this uh, after this show so perfect <laughs> thanks for the heads up yeah hit it up man so uh you got a story for us today i do cool and if you could give this story a name what would you call it moonlight running I'd call it Moonlight Running. Moonlight Running. I love it. Radio, you're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Deepak Shukla with Moonlight Running. I was living in Lisbon uh, from, I think it was March, I was there for three months, I think it was around March to kind of May 2014. And one of the things uh, um, I do whilst I travel is I pick a sporting event. On this trip it was to be running my first ever ultra, well sorry, my longest ever ultra marathon. So that was out in Madeira and I believe it was at the end of April, it's called the MUIT the Madeira Ultra Island Trail, something to that effect. So it's, um, it's, Madeira is an archipelago off, off kind of Portugal and um, it's a former volcanically active island. And the run was um, 115 kilometers officially, which is around 72 miles. And you, you, you get up to around, I think it's between 1500 to 2000 meters. I will always remember actually that 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 event that that run uh, which which ultimately ended up taking more than 25 hours 
for uh, a Galician, uh, a Galician man who he didn't actually speak any English at all. I remember you, you start the run on the Friday at, at midnight. If I was to give kind of this this experience a name, people will assume you know pain, or people will assume endurance, or people. Would assume pain again or craziness. Um, I think the word that I'd give it is zen. The reason is, is because the only way to survive, endure such a such an event where you're you're basically running for more than a day, more than you know, 24 24 hours continually, non-stop. You. You break to take on some food. However, if you break too long, then what happens is that your legs start to lock up. Lactic acid starts hitting kind of the major muscle groups in your body. It's all about muscular endurance and stability as you're going up, basically mountain faces and microclimates you experience along the way. It's It's horrible. <laughs> it's 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 really is of course about endurance. So the question is is how is it that how is it that one keeps going? How is it that you know whilst I was out there for the adventure, for the travel to see an island in a way that I knew that very few people will ultimately ever see it beyond you know we talk about the the beaches of rio de janeiro or the beaches of you know the east coast australia wherever it might be in the world but who is it that gets to look out upon a landscape from the inside from the inside of a volcano from the inside of a mountain um, the, these are the routes that are often inaccessible to us all this kind of ticked two boxes for me which was my love for sport as well as my love for travel and seeing things and going to places that most people for whatever reason don't i remember when i hit my wall my kind of own breaking point the first day was coming to a close and i was around 22 22 23 hours in so i was approaching midnight the the next day by this time all that you feel and all that you hear are breaths and the slow kind of trudging as you kind of take one step at a time this kind of regular to irregular footfall dependent upon the terrain that's in front of you and by this stage because you have to start going up perhaps sometimes almost vertical ascents you're scrabbling scrabbling up the hill There's rock for underneath your feet, and you you really start questioning life and everything. And I remember there was around five of us going along the side of a small cliff face. They were all Portuguese, so Portuguese people speak English、um, pretty well. It's not the same for Spaniards, so I began to hear.、Um, Spanish been spoken behind me, and it was a man, as it turned out, from Galicia that was coming up behind us, and、um, three of us, me and two other two other Portuguese guys, were we were really struggling, dude. 
it was horrible. Um, and um, one of them was kind of out of nutrition, nutritional gel packs and food. He, he hadn't packed, packed quite as well as he'd hoped to, and he kind of expleted all, his, all of his reserves. And you get that far into the run, there's no turning back. You're 22 hours into a 115-kilometer run, going back means going the same way that you've come and a lot of this landscape is just literally inaccessible. You're going to travel as far if not further back at that stage than you were if you go forward so the only way really is forward unless you're stuck on that rock face. We were all near breaking point and I, I, I remember this Galician kind of who'd sped up and caught up with us falling in line with us as we kind of trudged along and he one by one started to come up to the side of everybody. I had not spoken a word to him, I just kind of heard him slowly speeding up, staying with a person and then saying oh, gracias and then again, again this kind of cycle and I by this time had kind of fallen a little bit out of my zen state that we talk about because it's 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 a little bit like being it's it's all motor functions at this stage until he kind of hit hit me side by side I couldn't really make it out quite well it's it's pitch black he um, just looked at me we we exchanged a smile I had actually also run out of nutritional packs because we've been distributing it amongst the group in aid of the one person who'd run out as well as another guy who was running extremely low and um, he basically reached out into his right kind of pocket near his utility belt and just pulled out a gel pack I was kind of almost on my last legs he gave it to me he just wandered off. Now, that single gel pack, that little act of help was absolutely amazing. All six of us got a nutritional gel pack, each from this Galician guy. And he ended up running with us for the next probably three kilometers, which is, you know, it's, it's not far. It's less than, it's less than two miles. But when you're going at that pace, this ended up being around 50, 50 minutes. At the point at which everybody reached the next checkpoint, as we all kind of crashed to take on some more nutrition, I sat there all ready to thank him for what had been absolutely amazing. He dragged us through. I turned, dude, he was gone. <laughs> that, that was the first and the last time that I saw that man that kind of saved the six of us from perhaps just falling by the wayside and jacking it in. and. That moment has always stuck with me because for me, you know, this, this, it, it really embodied the notion of just helping someone else when they're in need. This vision of self-sacrifice when he could have chosen to run beyond us, but instead he chose to help us, run with us, make sure that we were safe in an environment where all you can focus on is surviving. So. When I think of Lisbon, when I think of my trip to Portugal, I think of this Galician and I just wonder how he's getting along because he, he kind of saved us that evening, dude.
Nice. That was a great story, man. I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Thanks for that. Oh, dude, no, no problem. I, I enjoyed uh, telling it. It's, uh, it brings back, brings back memories, brings back memories. But uh, yeah, no, uh, you're, you, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. Loved it. So how, in order to, uh, to go into some questions, how has that interaction with the Galician man, how do you think it's changed you at all the way you, I mean, if you were running nowadays, would you, would that come into your mind and you'd act differently? Or even in day-to-day life, does it ever come into your mind and change how you act? Definitely, because one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest things in terms of, you know, there's so much kind of battle advice and strategies and tactics online as to, you know, the, you know, you get by giving, etc., and all these kinds of things that people talk about. This whole, this whole, this whole idea of, for example, gamifying networking or gamifying friendship building. What, what that changed for me is that it wasn't a ploy that involved the art of reciprocity. He chose to give because he wanted to help us and he, he wasn't even there for a thank you, buddy. He was, it was, you know, he was there and then he was gone. So what it's changed for me is if I'm being honest with you, I oftentimes was so focused upon my own runs or my own adventures that I don't notice. It's so easy just to, to, to pretend you don't notice or to, to look without seeing when others are, are in need or when you do see them to help them to then get the satisfaction of being thanked and of, you know, given, you know, getting back perhaps some of the things that come with it. And what's changed for me is that uh, I now, when I run, always carry an extra, just two additional gel packs and I make it a point of, whenever I see someone struggling to give them a gel pack and then to keep running, that's what's changed for me. And um, that will happen regardless of the language or the country that I'm in because, um, as I told you, every, every, every marathon is always in a different city and invariably in a different country. So, yeah, it, it definitely changed things for me. That's great, man. I think it's a good metaphor for life as well, carrying an extra gel pack for someone that's struggling. <laughs> that's a great metaphor, man. Come on. I do that. You're right. I need to coin this, dub it, and package it somehow. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about that, dubbing and, uh, and packaging things, you run a podcast, Life, Love, and Entrepreneurship. Is that right? That is right. I was thinking, oh, when is Hayden going to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> we'll always get to it, man. We'll, we'll get the important stuff out of the way. No, uh, I'm absolutely. <laughs> no, no, dude, dude, all good. Um, yes, I do. Um, that's how. Um, that's uh, that's how. Well, that's how I got to know you, and happily so, dude. Uh, it's been really cool just getting to to know you. I feel like I know you, and yet I've never met you. And you yeah, sound. Man. You sound Australian, but you're not. You're English. All <laughs> well, of you. Yeah, that's it. Like the first time we, uh, first time we, well, I think you wanted, uh, I, I was coming on your show, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then we were talking and it was, what was it? 10, 11 PM, something like that. And we were trying to figure out when we should do it. And he was like, dude, do you want to do it now? I'm like, yeah, all right. And then we just got home. We got it done. And then we talked for the rest of the day, the, the day after, like, hey, man, how's it going? Exactly. Exactly, dude. It's, 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 it's been a complete bromance, uh, <laughs> online. Um, Absolutely. So, <laughs> so tell our listeners about uh, about life, love, and entrepreneurship, man. I'm a fan. So uh, yeah, what can people expect? Absolutely. So um, right, um, it, it is based upon those three subjects: life, love, and entrepreneurship. Um, for it's um, as you said before, um, I've been fortunate to have gone through a lot of different kind of stuff 
beyond traveling, you know, per se, the way that I've traveled in terms of doing some of these sporting events, or every time I go away, there's a sporting event. Um, it just means that um, I've been fortunate to have kind of just perhaps alternate experiences, but also because I've tried to live as prolifically as I can. And in line with that, the podcast Life, Love and Entrepreneurship just details some of the experiences and learnings that I've had along the way that relate to one, of course, life because of people that you meet when you travel, relationships that you build, whether it's with friends, with romantic relationships. And then, of course, we go on to the love part, which is, you know, the, the, the relationships that relate to, you know, the important ones in, in your lives. And then, of course, um, entrepreneurship, which is the practical side that people always want to know as to, well, okay, you live in a particular way, but how are you able to do it? Or what is your advice if I want to do the same thing? And the reason that I've chosen to focus on those three things is because what I, what I feel is that they're all massively intertwined. Love is directly and deeply connected to your ability to build a business if you're in a fulfilling relationship or if you're fulfilled independently. And, you know, the, the, the life that you want to live really does depend again upon the relationships that you have with the people that are around you and how you choose to practically, you know, make money to get from A to B. So that's what the podcast is about. They're all their own, as, as you probably noticed, they, they're always only 10 minutes long. Um, I, I keep it that short and, um, Hey, I, I enjoy them. <laughs> uh, and I'd, I'd hope that the, the listeners do too. So that's, um, that's the podcast, Life, Love and Entrepreneurship. Yeah, man. Well, I'm a listener and I enjoy it. So you're doing something right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And uh, going back to what you're saying about love, this is just a, it's just a uh, thing I was thinking about. Like, what are your thoughts on, on relationships, on long-term relationships? I've got these theories and everyone has their theories, but the quality of a relationship is kind of a lot more important in my eyes than the duration, than the length, than the quantity. Like I've had relationships of three months or whatever that have yep. been substantially more fulfilling and substantially better than ones that are two years, three years long. You yep. know what I mean? And yep. there seems to be something that's going on where everyone is striving for duration. We can't break up even though it's this bad. We can't break up because then the whole time is a failure. But that's another thing. I think if you've been together for a year and then it ends, it's not a year wasted. You know, you had a good time while you're in that year. And I don't think the duration should be something that's so focused on. What do you think about that, man? That's really interesting, actually. I'm, I'm literally thinking about it out loud and I'll tell you out loud what my thoughts are. I think, I, I think that um, you're, you're right. I think that people confuse or only consider duration as the utmost criteria for success when yeah. it shouldn't always be that case. I think that intensity and duration are not necessarily always connected. Um, so I think that we can have intense relationships, as you said, over much shorter periods that are ultimately way more meaningful than perhaps some of the longer relationships that we, you know, do indeed go and have, whether it's, you know, romantically or whether it's even with people that you make connections. The fact that we were talking for that whole evening, um, you know, we both go out and, and interview different people on podcasts. And I, I, I honestly can say it's not with everybody that, you know, I can then message randomly on WhatsApp at 10.30 p.m. and feel comfortable doing that. 
And I have known people far longer than yourself, for example, that I wouldn't necessarily do that with. Mm. So that kind of even to a degree that's lesser than perhaps than a romantic relationship underlines your point that I completely agree that with some people I build intense relationships very fast, having not known them very long. And I think that that ultimately for me becomes more significant than some of the people that I've, I, I've known for longer. Yeah, no, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, man. And part of the reason I brought it up as well is for, for travelers when we're in different places at different times, it seems to, it seems to come about a lot. Like, so for example, I was in, uh, I was in, in Indonesia. That's hard to yeah. say. Uh, I was in Indonesia and, uh, and I met this girl and we were kind of, we were as a couple for about two weeks or so, but it was so, uh, intense. It was such an island romance, you know what I mean? And that relationship still means an awful lot to me nowadays. And uh, I find, I don't know, this is something I have to explore with traveling to different places and having those intense, um, they are relationships. They're not just flings, you know what I mean? It's, yep. it's all of the, the start of a relationship. And then at the end going, this was awesome, you know, and, and whatever your sign off is. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, the, I think there's something in that, man. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to explore that, you know? I, I did. I, I think you're absolutely right. And the, you know, it's, it's, it, it's intensity. I think it's not how long the candle burns. It's how bright the candle. Oh, burns. he's good. Oh, he's good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, back to your podcast. We've got this episode is going live today, obviously, because you're listening to it. And as I understand it, my appearance on yours, is that today as well? Exactly. Nice. So for anybody that's listening, um, come and check out Hayden Lee and travel stories on, on my podcast as well. Um, <laughs> I can't can remember what we talked through. about. What did we talk about? Uh, dude, you know what? I'm, I, I talked about your actual show and then we discussed the story you had about the lady that you fell in love with almost oh, yeah. that you'd never you'd never kind of got to follow up with and i was just fascinated by that story so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a little teaser i'm actually thinking about doing that story on this show at some point so if anyone doesn't want spoilers you know but yeah, yeah. that was a fun episode man so that's uh, life love and entrepreneurship. and entrepreneurship exactly so it's over on itunes as well as um soundcloud for the moment you could just search my name deepak shukla or life love and entrepreneurship um and 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 you'll find it awesome and i thoroughly recommend it cool thanks for this man is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with yep one thing my top tip for the day the way that got me to traveling and living in all the nine countries is back at 18 i did something completely irrational i took a credit card for which i had no money to pay back and during my work lunch break from NatWest Bank, I booked an STA travel trip around the world for £1,100 and um, it scared me. It was hugely irrational. I didn't really have the money to pay it back, but that was the necessary irrational leap that I took that helped me build fearlessness into my life. And I think that that's one thing that we often lack, being fearless, because the consequences are never ultimately as bad as you think they are so go out and do something irrational with your credit card that relates to travel and the rest i think will fall into place mate i think we've just coined another term there necessary irrational leap how good is that <laughs> oh dude i uh, yeah yeah dude that that's literally what happened and uh it was what was considered crazy by you know my family at the time but i'm, I'm so glad i did it because i i realized that wow 
this is, I'm actually okay. I didn't die. Nothing happened. My amygdala, amygdala is firing, but you know, I'm not a caveman anymore. I'm not going to get clubbed over the head. I'm actually just going to go to Australia, go to New Zealand and Fiji and be okay and come back and be like, whoa, I could do this again. So it was, it was great. Amazing, man. Necessary irrational leap. I urge everyone to think about what their necessary irrational leap is. That's awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, dude. Oh, dude, it's been it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, it's it's always fun. It, it's uh, dude, it's always fun. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, wicked. <laughs> we'll have to do it again sometime. Oh, definitely for sure. We'll be back. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, dude. Nice talking to you. Likewise. See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, see you later, man. Thanks again to Deepak for his story and thanks to you guys for joining us on his journey. Send me an email at Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed the show and you're on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a little review there. It does help us out a lot. Show notes for this episode can be found with the rest of them at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. And again, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Twitter as well at TravelStoriesUK. This episode's question from me to you you may have guessed already is what is your necessary irrational leap let's get that trend in man necessary irrational leap i love that oh i said it again i am unhelpable there is no helping me anyway thanks again join us next time for another immersive inspiring and international travel story and remember a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step mm-hmm.